0: Amen. We're going to have an exciting time with the message that we will be dealing with today. Praise God. Also, any of you that are that are blessed or are enlightened through the word that we are teaching, we ask you to show a five dollar donation to our cash app. The cash app is General Ivory Hopkins. That's our cash app. Dollar sign General Ivory Hopkins. If this message blesses you, you can put a donation in and it will help Evelyn and I. And we do appreciate that. And if you're unable to give anything or don't feel there, just enjoy the teaching. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I'm getting ready to get, to get deep into this teaching because I am excited today, amen, about what the Lord has given us to share and minister to, to you people of God this morning. I'm going to be talking about the spirit of sibling rivalry, living in it, through it, and from it. Matter of fact, I'm going to pull up, amen, this amazing, beautiful Amen. tie you go? Hallelujah. Amen. The spirit of sibling robbery living in it, through it, and from it. Amen. And so we're going to take our little bit of time. We're not going to be on long because it's early in the morning. And at six o'clock, I have to start my first deliverance and counseling session, which I will be doing throughout today. If you are someone that needs counseling on any subject, amen, related to life, amen, marriage, uh, 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 ministry problems, uh, even, work, uh, even situations with work or what have you, entrepreneurship, we ask you to go to our website at pilgrimsministry.org. That's pilgrimsministry.org. And in there, there's a section called Deliverance and Counseling. There is a fee for my time. Amen, glory be to God. But it will give you 45 minutes of undisturbed time with us talking and ministering to you. Well, let me get past that. Once again, thank everyone for your cash app donations. Now I'm gonna get right down into the meat of this word. Amen, and as I said earlier, the title of it is, hallelujah, the spirit of sibling rivalry, living in it, through it, and from it. You know, i want to start this off by an amazing thing that I experienced, amen? Some years ago, Me and one of my older brothers got into a heated argument. I mean, me and and my brother's name was Freddie. I like sharing this because I love Freddie. I miss him. The Lord is taking Freddie on with him. And one day I will see my brother again in the kingdom of God. But let me say to you guys what happened. Amen. I'm going to come off of this share here. Let me tell you what happened. Amen. Freddie and I had this heated argument. And I mean, him and I went after each other. No, we didn't get fist fighting. It wasn't that bad. He was, he was angry, and I was angry. It was like the Apostle Paul and Barnabas, that we had a heated assimilation. And all of a sudden, both of us get a call from our mom. Now, this is really funny when I look, think about it today. Now, we were grown men. I don't want you to think we were grown, grown men. Uh, my mom calls us in, and my mother just looks at both of us, never says anything. She looks at you, too, and says, stop it. And I want you two to stop it now. Your brothers, stop it. And I had such honor and such respect for my mom and love for my brother that we kinda looked at each other and said, forget it, man, that's it. And do you know what? I don't even remember in any full detail what that great big argument was. All I know is that keeping and strengthening forgiveness according to the word of God and even listening to my mom's voice Amen. Speaking to two of her sons. That was amazing. Now, that's an amazing testimony, but in everybody's life, it does not work that way. I'm what you call a spiritual realist. What does that mean? A spiritual realist is a person that has an extreme faith in God. By the way, I coined that word myself, is an individual that has extreme faith in God. But when I speak of that, calling myself a spiritual realist, I have extreme faith in God. But I also know in life sometimes it is what it is. So when I go through this teaching right now, talking about the spirit of sibling rivalry, how to live in it, through it, and from it, and I'm going to tell you all something: everybody, every family has offense in them. Now, how do you tell? Well, how, why do you tell when it is a spirit of of sibling rivalry? When it is a demonic stronghold? You can see this pattern in generations after generations. There are some families that have in them a stronghold that has separated them. And If you will look at your family, it seems like generation after generation, auntie, uncle, grandma, her sister, I mean, one right after another. For generations, they have fallen out with each other, and nobody can understand fully why. Now, what I'm saying to you is this, the next generation, when it's raised up in this type of environment, that spirit can go to the next generation. These types of curses that are in some of our family, of sibling rivalry, and I mean, it's right down during there to just about hatred. Now, we do know the extreme measure was when Cain killed his brother Abel. That was the first manifestation of sibling rivalry. It was so deep that he killed his brother. Let me go ahead and jump on this scripture because like I said, I got to get ready to go to work with deliverance and counseling sessions today. Now here goes in my notes, in fact, notes and thank y'all for listening to our podcast. This spirit has a way of not being affected by the presence of God to the point that conviction of the, of the fruit of the spirit is overshadowed. Now this is done by, the offense becoming so strong, the anger and the argument is so strong until they can't stay in each other. The hatred is so strong. And in Cain's in, in case, it ended up with murder. Now, why did I say that this can be so strong right here that it cannot be, it cannot be affected even in, look at this here, I'm going to highlight it. Y'all know I love my little highlighting even in here when I share and say this spirit has a way of not be a- being affected by the presence of God notice when God came to Cain after he had killed Abel and this is the Genesis chapter 4 verse 9 God is talking to Cain and Cain is so filled with this sibling rivalry and hatred of his brother that God talking to him didn't matter this spirit has a way I want y'all to hear me what I'm saying. This spirit has a way of being so powerful that it can numb the affections in an individual till God talking to them seems to not make a difference. Listen what the Lord says to him. And this Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Now, this word here, keeper, is shamar. He said, in other words, is my brother, am I, listen, am I the, depra- he goes, am I proper? Is this, the, am I supposed to be a hedge around my brother? Am I supposed to hedge him up like thorns? Is it my God, my job to guard him? He was saying to God, what do you want me to do, to protect him? Or is it my job to attend to him? In this word, Shamar, if I would read it from the original Greek and Hebrew found from the Strong's Concordance, it's Old Testament 8104, and it says, he's saying, properly, to hedge about, as with thorns, to guard generally, to protect, attend to. Cain turns around and tells God, am I supposed to do all these things for him? And listen, let me go down a little further. If you read Genesis 4 and 9 in the New Living Translation, afterward the Lord asked Cain, where's your brother? Where is Abel? I know, I don't know. This is what he says to God, I don't know. Cain's response, am I my brother's guardian? Now this word guardian is a person who cares for the persons or property. It also means, am I my brother's defender, protector and shield? Now that is powerful. In other words, these definitions that I'm giving you all, the the spirit of sibling rivalry knows in the spirit and in the natural, if it can get into our families, if it can get into our bloodline, we will no longer guard each other, defend each other, protect each other, or shield each other. Are you understanding? I'll go back in the farmer this word here properly means to protect. So he was letting God know, I ain't got no reason to protect him. He don't mean nothing to me. Next thing, the word guardian defined here. Now, make this real clear, because there is a satanic and a demonic intention with this in our bloodlines the enemy this same spirit that can that tried to divide me and my brother freddie was the same spirit that's over our society why we can't see the humanity in humanity and yes i get it people do things i'm not dismissing that i pray in the name of jesus that those that are hearing my voice Hear this in the spirit. Hear this in the truth. They don't hear it out of their carnal mind, but God allowed them to hear it in the spirit of the mind to understand. I am talking about a demonic stronghold that destroys family, even some of us who call ourselves saved. And you are. But you can be saved and have a bitter hatred for a member in your family that when they come around, you hate them. When you hear your voice, you hear the voice, you hate them. And if someone talks to you about forgiveness, ain't going to happen. Someone talks to you about having mercy, isn't going to happen. Why? Because Satan is playing the both of you. He's playing the both of you. When my mother said to me and my brother, stop it now, she sort of shook us. Now, why was it that her voice made that difference? Because she had brought us up to love family. She had brought us up to protect each other. And at that point, she was seeing the enemy slipping in, and she was counting on our hearts. And I'm going to tell you this right now. She was counting on both of our hearts and respect for her and God, that we would turn that thing around. But sometimes that is not the case. Now, this spirit blocks out the natural and spiritual inclination to defend and protect family. All, all, did you hear me? I'm saying again, this spirit of sibling rivalry. Now, some of you that are listening at me, listen to the whole message because there are points. This is why I. the title of it is The Spirit of Sibling Rivalry, Living in It, Through It, and from it there comes a point that you are living in it you're living through it and at some point you're going to have to live from it mean move forward so don't get caught up and get stuck and run away from this i know people sometimes get triggered with certain subjects that's it's not possible to not trigger someone when it comes to things heavy like this it happens amen now one of the other things this spirit is strong with It deals with taking away natural affection for each other, and it's absent. It means it's hatred, bitterness, and resentment. Natural affection is affected. In other words, the affection that should naturally be there is not. When this spirit can get us so at each other, it can get you to the point where I don't care. I don't care nothing about him. I'm I'm bitter. I'm resentful. I'm, I'm, I'm angry, and I don't care nothing about you. That thing can bring you to that point. Now, if you're listening at this message and this doesn't make sense to you, that there's something wrong when your heart gets that hardened, something damaged when it gets that hardened, and something spiritually is happening when God can't even reach that point to you. Are you hearing me? I'm going to go to Genesis 4 and 9. Genesis 4 and 9 again in the Good News Translation. The Lord asked Cain, where is your brother Abel? He answered, "said I don't know. Am I supposed to take care of my brother can you imagine that? Him saying to God, "Is that what I'm supposed to do? I, I guess you think I'm supposed to take care of my brother." The enemy wants this destroy wants this to destroy in the family bloodline, so he can divide and destroy both the legacy and the lineage. The enemy wants to use this in the family line, so he can divide and destroy both the both the legacy. And the lineage in a family line. Look at this. I'm going to look at another two brothers that were at each other. And and most of y'all know of uh, uh, Esau and Jacob. Now look what it says here. And the parents there, in this case, in Genesis 25, 28, the parents were responsible for activating this in these young men's lives. The way that they were raised, the mother loved one brother above another. The father loved what the brother could do, his venison, his cooking. Listen at this Genesis 25, 28. And Isaac loved Esau, but because he did eat of his venices, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Are you getting that? So Esau was loved for what he could produce. Jacob was loved by his mother, period. Also, Rebekah helps Jacob steal the firstborn's blessing. In other words, the mama was in there working in the background causing stuff to manifest between the two boys. She actually helped one son deceive and steal from another. The spirit of sibling rivalry thrives in this kind of environment. It loves and lives in an environment where one is rejected, one is just pushed aside, and the other, amen, is loved unconditionally, period. That spirit can get in a family and build a platform. Now, why is it doing it? Because guess what? If me and Freddie had gotten to that place when we were younger and didn't want nothing to do with anyone, he would have never introduced me to his son, Troy. He would never introduce me to his other, other children. He would never introduce me to them. Excuse me with my nieces and nephews. Amen, remembering all of your names because we come from a large family. My brother would have never wanted me to meet his family. I would have never been a part of knowing who they are, what the legacy, my God, what the inheritance that God had done in the bloodline. I would never be there to just celebrate it. Neither would he be in my life to celebrate anything. Are you hearing me what I'm saying. This spirit has a way. When it get, buries itself in a black bloodline, that it causes the next generation. I, I know that my niece Trina, Katrina. It would have been a mess if I never met you, sweetie. I would have. It would have been. It would have been something else if I never had the chance in life to meet you because I was at such odds with your daddy or your mother that you being born in the earth, I couldn't take time to even recognize it because I'm mad with them. But this happens in families. Are you hearing me? Now, this spirit of sibling rivalry causes a family to operate under such manifestations as combativeness and lack of trust. When this thing sets itself in, the reason why that the coming back together can't come back, I've literally known this spirit to do this. One person be ready to stop. One person says, you know what? I really want to come back together and stop this and the other person be unable to got that. So you would go and try to make amends, but one is ready. Others not. This spirit will speak to the minds of two people and begin to tell them. I don't want, they don't want to hear from me. I don't want nothing to hear from them. While on the inside, there is a subtle, small voice saying, look, this ain't right. Satan will operate. This is all of the devil. This is not a God, y'all. Now, I'm speaking to born-again believers because if you're out there in the world, you're going to do you and do yourself all day long. I'm talking to born-again believers. This demon is com- it causes competitiveness and lack of trust. Also, it operates in the realm of bound and blocked affection. Are you hearing me? In other words, the enemy has to get you to the place where you cut off affection. That's one of the operations he does. Yes, a year of separation until no one really understands why. For years, hold on, let me get this right here. Amen. You go through for years of separation. Hallelujah, there you go. With years of separation until no one really understands why. You're separated so long until you don't even understand why you're separated. What's going on? And it can happen so long, you don't even know how to even go back and revisit it. That is the spiritual strength of the spirit of sibling robbery. Listen at this. The enemy keeps this going on even when one is trying to say, let's stop. But they can't seem to. Are you hearing me? This thing needs to be pushed back at. This thing operating to deal with the heart, to harden the heart and to wound the heart. Let me say this. When sibling rivalry is operating in a bloodline or a family line, the persons are generally hurt. The persons have generally hurt each other. No one is saying that has not happened. It has happened. While you are going through that, when my mother called me and my brother in, She knew that what me and Freddie were getting ready to enter into was going to affect others besides ourselves. It was going to affect her. Are you hearing me? I thank God, although my brother Freddie is dead, he's passed on. Matter of fact, I was one of the ones, by the grace of God, that trained him in ministry. What a pleasure. But had that thing kept going the way it wanted to, and me and him never spoke, I would have probably went to his funeral and regretted at his death that we never spoke. My mother would have never been able to join with the sons because we couldn't deal with each other. I'm not telling you that you have to do something like this because mama is upset. You have to do something like this because if you're not careful, that spirit will continue its work for one generation after another. Let me go on. And to you that just came on, the title of the message is The Spirit of Civil and Robbery. Living in it, through it, and from it. Now, there comes a time. Now we're getting to the part that most people are going to be happy that I said. There comes a time when setting a boundary is highly necessary. Got that? Let's say it again. There comes a time that setting a boundary is highly necessary. Now, when I look at Esau and Jacob's life in Genesis chapter 27, verse 41, Esau was so done with his brother, so angry with his brother Jacob. Listen what he says in Genesis 27, 41. Esau hated his brother Jacob because he has stolen his blessing that was supposed to be his. So he said to himself, Just as soon as my father dies, I'll kill Jacob. Got that? Are you hearing me? So there comes a time (laughs) you have to leave. Jacob's mother got him together and got him out of there. Now, this rivalry between these two had gotten to the point that leaving or not engaging for a period of time was necessary. It was highly necessary that he get out of the midst of that drama. Are y'all hearing me? When talking solves nothing but only makes it worse, set a boundary. Shut it down. Brother Arby, you were just telling that the enemy works to keep this going. There are ways that you have to deal with stuff like this. And I'm telling you, there will be cases where you will be living in it, through it, and from it. When talking solves nothing but only makes it worse, set a boundary. Others are being drawn into it, and there is no win, set a boundary. In other words, other people who are innocent, who have nothing to do with y'all's rift, nothing to do with what y'all are dealing with, it's time to set a boundary, because you're not only damaging yourselves, but you're damaging others. Now, in the case with me and my brother, Had we been so bitter and been so angry, and everybody that would try to join sides with Freddie or join sides with me, after a while, we would have drawn other people into the contention. One of the hardest things, I'm gonna say something to you all that probably none of your friends or family tells you. It is very difficult for people who love both of you to be in the middle of this type of sibling rivalry. Because what happens is it just tears others apart. There are children, grandchildren, babies, never met their other family member, never had any engagement because the rift between the two was so great that a generation comes and are unable to connect. The other parties are parties can't hear anything you are saying. They can't hear it stuff you're saying is hard to hear because it doesn't make sense. At some point, you may just have to leave it in the Lord's hand to, to break through the situation. In other words, there comes a time where you may just have to set a boundary and move on. I told you, anything I teach, I teach with balance. I try to at least. And there comes a time with rivalry in our families You try to get together. You try to make up, and it's not working. You try to tell a person, let's just let this go, and it doesn't work. Or they keep doing the same thing over and over again, and you have told them, you have talked to them, but they still keep doing the same thing over and over again. At that point, it is time to set a boundary. Are you hearing me? Now. And, and what do you do in the meantime? In the meantime, deal with being a better you. Yeah, I said it. I'm a, I, I like that one right there. Matter of fact, I'm gonna blow that one up because that is a good one. What do you do when a person you're trying to deal with and do better with doesn't get it? In the meantime, deal with being a better you. Work on yourself. And there are some of you that are listening at me on this podcast some of you that are listening to me on this YouTube or on this Facebook Live, you are in that situation. I'm not sitting here this morning telling you that y'all just get back together anyhow, y'all just come back. Sometimes the only way that you are able to coexist in a situation like this is to move on forward. But while you're doing that, in the meantime, deal with being a better you, build yourself. Listen, my heart's desire for people to get along. But in this real world, did anybody hear me? In this real world, their folks are not going to do it. They're not going to do it for God, and they're not going to do it for you. If you are a family member stuck in the middle of a situation like this that loves both, what you do is back off and let them deal with themselves, but you keep right on being who you are in the relationship and you don't have to join sides. I make it quite clear, I've got a a rule that I live by. I don't join any battle that I'm not given by God to get involved with. I don't care who gets mad with who, I'm not joining it. Because I have found that sometimes you join people in a battle and later on they get together and you still be stuck in the middle. So there comes a time in your family line, in your relationships, that have gone south, the rivalry is so strong, the argument is so great, the hurt is so messed up. And by the way, folks, let's be real in the real world. There are some things that can happen in a family that running and getting back together ain't gonna happen. Let me put it to you, like, can can we talk? Let's talk. If, and this never happened, this never happened, this never happened, but if I had a family member that molested my daughter, me and them would have a serious problem and we're not gonna come back together eating Captain Crunch. Y'all got that? Are you hearing me? I would be mad, I would set up a boundary. I'll leave it at that, okay? So there are things that happen in families that ain't no way in the world you're gonna take this teaching and think Brother Hopkins is saying, so I guess if my if my if, if my mama treat me like a dog or or my daddy does all kinds of stuff to me, you're telling me I'm supposed to run back. I'm wrong. No, sweetheart, I'm telling you, there comes a time with some situations that that because of what has happened in the family, you have to move on. Got it? Now, I hope everybody gets what I'm saying, because when you touch little touchy things like this, people get mad whenever you start making points about different situations of life. We live in a society that everything has to be said to please you. You can't debate anything, you can't have a different opinion, but listen, that's not the real world. Welcome to the real world. In the real world, there are people who are not gonna get back together with their family, Because the stuff that has happened is so traumatic. It's so twisted and no one's repenting. No one is changing and you cannot stay in that environment. This message I'm speaking towards when there's healing, when there's not, and when to go. Got it? When there's healing, when there's not, and when to go. The spirit of sibling rivalry, living in it, through it, from it. Now, Check this out in the book of Genesis 32, 3 to 21. Listen at this. Jacob remembers that when he left Canaan 20 years earlier, his brother Esau had threatened to kill him. Now, let me set the scene for you. Jacob now is leaving Laban. By the way, Esau did not have to get Jacob back. I'm going to tell you all something. The reason why God says vengeance is mine and I will recompense. I'm going to take a few minutes for this. People of God, hear my heart. Hear me well. The Spirit of God tells us in Romans that vengeance is mine and I will recompense. We can walk around in bitterness, hatred, and anger all we want to. But I maintain to tell you that God is going life, the way the universe is set up. The Bible says, be not deceived, whatever a man sows, that also shall he reap. Esau and his treacherous, I mean, Jacob and his treacherous mother turns around and steals from this boy, turns around on Esau and hurts him bad, made him want to kill his brother. But what Jacob did to Esau came back to Jacob. When Jacob ended up going out in the journey of life, he meets an uncle who's just like him. His uncle, Laman, robbed him of an inheritance twice So you see, what happened to Jacob was the same thing he did to his brother. Now, Jacob now is leaving Laban. He's getting away from the man who used him the same way he did his brother. Hear my heart, people. You have to be careful. A lot of this stuff that we're doing to each other, it will happen again in our lives and in our generations if we don't take the right spiritual attitude and ask God, to help our hearts. Brother, the other person changes. Ask God to help our hearts. Now, it happened to Jacob. Now, Jacob is leaving Laban, and he realizes that his brother's herd is coming near him. Jacob is on the journey going back homeward, and he realizes that his brother Esau's camp was coming at his. Now, let me get into the story. Genesis 32, 3 through 21. Jacob remembers that when he left Canaan 20 years earlier, his brother Esau had threatened to kill him. So he sends messengers to Esau in the land of Seir, Edom, and prepares a gift of goats, sheep, and camels to pacify him. Now, in not that deep? It, he had done his brother so bad, this time when he's going back to meet him after 20 years, Jacob was thinking, it's 20 years ago he was going to kill me. Let me tell you what happened to Esau in the middle of those 20 years. Esau took time to deal with himself. Esau took time to become successful and not need to go back to that childhood drama. Esau took time through God's help to not only get beyond the blessing that he missed, but he was blessed even greater. So his brother, do like some people, I'm going to send him some goats and some sheep and some camels, and maybe he won't be mad. But let me tell you what I got here. Esau had gotten to the place in his life that it was over. Did you get me? How many of y'all ever got to a place with a family member where, and they tried to say something or give you something nice after the way they did you instead of apologize, and you look at them and go, you know what? Thank you, but you don't have to give me this. It's done. I done moved past that. You actually think I'm 20 years backwards. No, I want to tell you, Esau was 20 years forward. I hope someone can get this. In other words, Esau was so angry that he would kill him 20 years ago. 20 years later, that thing broke off of Esau. Esau built his life by the grace of God. Esau became successful by the grace of God, and he had no time of going back to where he used to be. Esau had gotten to a place in his life it was over Jacob's gift was given out of fear and God and time had changed Esau's heart did y'all hear me Jacob's gifts were given out of fear but God and time had changed Esau's heart Genesis 33 1 through 15 and uh, Jacob meets Esau by the riddle of Jadav. Jacob is scared because when he was younger He cheated Esau out of the birthright. But Esau has long since forgiven Jacob. Whoa, let me get this down here. Oh, I like this. I like this. Esau was like, I ain't mad with you no more. I am not going back to that no more, no sigh. But Esau has long since forgiven Jacob and is delighted to see him. He is persuaded to accept Jacob's gift now notice it says he was persuaded to accept Jacob's gift Esau was so blessed he didn't need Jacob's gifts good God Almighty now to go from a thing that was taken in the family that made you want to kill your brother to find yourself at a place 20 years later so free so loose until you said I don't need to be mad with you no more Oh, did you hurt me? Oh, yeah. Can we be real? Boy, I feel like preaching this thing. Hey, Jacob, did you hurt me 20 years ago? You sure did. Hey, Jacob, was I angry enough to want to kill you? You got that right. I was that man. But let me tell you something, Jacob. As time went by, God blessed me. And yes, I was angry on the inside over you. As time went by, God gave me an inheritance, a family. God gave me honor. God gave me entrepreneurship. God blessed me. And after a while, I began to realize what the enemy tried to take and do to me through you. God turns around and yet blessed. Instead of me holding that in my heart for 20 years, I put my 20 years in building my flock. I put my 20 years in doing something that was successful. I took my 20 years in building my own family. No, Jacob, I ain't mad with you. I forgave you a long time ago. Yeah, Jacob, you're ignorant. Yeah, Jacob. You know what, Jacob? Mama, mama always did do that with you. Always did put you first. But Jacob, I let it go and I'm living life. So Esau was so blessed. He didn't need Jacob's gifts. He took the gifts as a sign of family love, not an appeasement of anger. In short, Esau took the gifts that that Jacob gave him. Because Jacob kept persuading him and begging him. Jacob was so afraid of Esau at the time when he came back that Jacob separated his herd and said, Look, I'm going to divide my herd so when Esau comes in our presence that if he gets mad and kills one half, the other half can get away. And when Esau saw his brother Jacob, something had happened to his heart. I'm saying to some of you out here right now, I don't have the answer for everybody's problem. I don't. With this message of sibling rivalry, living in it, living through it and from it, there are some of you out there that are just where I'm at with this teaching. You have been living in sibling rivalry, living in it right now. In other words, it's nothing you can go back to say, nothing you can go back to do. You're right smack dab in the heat of it. Some of you are living through it, meaning there's nothing you can do, and I'm moving on, I'm, I'm living through this thing. Because I, I, I would like for us not to have this type of rift. I cannot go back and change what you did and you ain't changing the way you are. So you move on past it. And then there's some of you that have learned how to live from it. That means like Esau, you went on with your life. By the time you meet them again, You do remember what happened 20 years ago, Esau? Oh, I sure do, Esau said. He said, but you know what? I'm not there anymore. I don't need to to hold this thing in my heart. God has done something on the inside of me, and I'm not allowing this to reign in my heart. The thing is, I think that people miss, and I'm talking to born-again believers. I'm talking to those that have surrendered your life to God. The Bible said Lest any root of bitterness spring up in there and thereby many be defiled. Bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness is not only a sin, but it's also a stronghold. It is a stronghold that can affect your body, your health. A root of bitterness can be so deep on the inside. That's the danger of robbery, rivalry and unforgiveness. It can It can get so rooted, so deep in you until even God can't seem to reach it. Cain's hatred of his brother Abel was so strong that when God said, where's your brother at? He said, well, what do you expect me to do, be his guardian? What am I supposed to do, put a fence around him and protect him? His he, It was God talking to him. Has God been talking to some of you out there that I'm talking to right now? I don't have the answer for you. I don't believe that everything I say, you're supposed to just buck down, serve it, and do the way No. I don't, but I will tell you this. I ask you this. Is the Holy Spirit talking to you about, Ain't may not be saying, go back to them. He may not be saying, hey, pack your stuff and run over there chase them down. He may not, but is he saying to you, let it go. Now, letting it go don't mean, hey, it didn't happen. It don't mean, so what you make me do? Run over there and let them do it again? I'm talking about your own personal heart. I'm talking about what it has done on the inside of you. Because I'm going to tell you something. Any form of bitterness, I have gone through betrayal. I have gone through hurts and wounds in life. And I'm going to tell you, my strive, my striving in my Christian walk, my striving in my life as a man, as a human being, is to not allow that to turn me into something that I'm not. I don't want to walk in a spirit of bitterness and anger and rage and hatred. I don't want to let that happen. Yes, there is boundaries and walls that must be put up. And sometimes you have to move on forward because staying there is going nowhere. But I ask you this, remember to guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issue of life. Some of us are not living who we are. You're better than this. You're better than that, that. There's a greatness inside you. There is a human infection, uh, affection for life inside of you. Don't you let nobody kill that in you. Don't you let a family member, don't you let a person, a job, or a mate, or anybody kill in you, the affection of who God put on the inside of you. Heavenly Father, as we leave this message, Father, I ask your Holy Spirit to minister whatever words that can be pulled from what I've talked about and taught today today, Holy Spirit, you, only you, only you can minister to the hearts of brokenness and offense in our families. Lord God, there are some people, they're not going to get back together because that's the wisest thing. Lord God, we ask you to give them strength to move on. There are some that are caught in the quagmire of confusion. They're caught in the place where one wants to say, let's stop. The other wants to say, let's stop. But pride is in the way or hurt is in the way. Sometimes you can hurt so bad until you're scared to entrust them in your heart on any level. That's understandable. Father, help them with people that are going through this. Lord God, I ask that you break the stronghold that is operating in many of our lives with family. Is there a sub out there that they can make up, that they can come back together and go forward like Esau and Jacob did And then there are others that are in a place of no return, that they have to move on because the toxic, unchanged ways is something they cannot go back to. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit break that spirit, that it does not become a generational stronghold that repeats itself over and over again. Lord God, break that spirit so that it does not hit the next third and fourth generation wherein they're separated and, un, and have no connection with each other and don't understand why. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, my dear friends, you have been listening to Ivory Hopkins. Amen. That's my plain, flat name, Ivory Hopkins. Amen. We also go at AKA as the General of Deliverance, meaning simply one of the ministers that God has called to lead the soldiers of God in the the area of spiritual warfare. Amen. Thank you very much for listening. Hallelujah. And if this message has blessed you, we ask you, amen, to make a $5 cash app donation if you feel led. Our cash app is General Ivory Hopkins. We'll appreciate it if you do. Amen. And we trust that God will bless you with another message as we come back. Now, guys, I'm going to tell you like I usually do. I'm going to come back and teach you all in another teaching. And I want you always to remember that God is always watching. When I say that, meaning God's eyes go throughout the whole earth looking for those whose heart is right before him. God is watching over his people. Well, look, God bless you. Catch you in another teaching. Amen.